Welcome to Witch Wisdom, the podcast for the modern mystic, hosted by Laura Brown. In this podcast, we delve deep into the topics of modern witchcraft, tarot, astrology, psychic abilities, and more. Step into the mystery with us and embrace your inner wise woman, your inner witch. Hey everyone, it is awesome to be here with you today. I want to welcome you. I'm excited to go into the tarot scopes for this month, September. Cannot believe that we're one month away from my favorite month of all. Um, Not to be too stereotypical, uh, being a witch loving October, but alas, I am. (laughs) And I am also excited to talk a little bit about this Pisces full moon taking place today, Wednesday, September 6th. The energy of this full moon is definitely a departure from some of the more intense energy that we experienced in August. August was full of uh, just massive transits, great polarity with the two eclipses, the solar and lunar eclipse, including a total solar eclipse, making it all the more potent. And for all of us, there was this sense of transition and change. You add to that Mercury retrograding and the challenges that that can sometimes bring forth. And you have uh, just a, a playground of learning opportunities and lessons that are waiting for us and that sometimes not even waiting where they're being thrusted upon us. And it was intense to say the least because there wasn't any there wasn't any break. It felt like it was one after another and these weren't little changes. These weren't, oh, I stubbed my toe kind of occurrences. They were the big things. They were earth shattering. They were foundation rattling events that were taking place that really had a great, great impact on all of us. And it doesn't matter in what arena it took place for each individual the intensity was the same. And so this Piscean full moon is really a beautiful invitation to go inward, to begin to open and enter the portal between the magical and the mundane. And with that, learning to make the mundane magical, learning to find magic in those tiny pockets where maybe we wouldn't normally look for it, you know, to find, um, you know, to rake the leaves and feel the earth sighing underneath your scratch, you know, clean, cleaning your house and feeling the energy immediately begin to lighten. It's really about taking a look at what you can do, what do you already do in your mundane day-to-day existence that you can really mine for the magic. Um, The essence of of Pisces is very dreamy and creative. Uh, It's very romantic. And with this particular transit occurring at 13 degrees Pisces, it's very much that, that, um, I don't want to say immature, but it's that very early stage Pisces. You know, if you look at the degrees 
of each of these transits anywhere from you know zero degrees to 30 you're looking at each being another step of of evolving through that energy so with this occurring at 13 degrees pisces it's very much like that teenage rambunctious page type energy and so it's this opening for us to really feel into that you know and that's the key word is feeling it's not about what you think you should do it's not about what they think you should do it's not even about what you can see or what it is you can touch but rather what it is you feel you know what do you feel that you should do what do you feel is the best thing for you and when we step into that, it's a very nurturing feeling because we're moving away from the mind and really dropping into the body, that divine feminine uh, intuition. And whether you're male or female, it's still that divine dark descent into your feminine intuition that we all contain within us. And it's this opportunity to really further the healing and to assist us even further in some of the transitions that we are still encountering and we're still processing from August. And so for many of us, there's this sense of, you know, we had all these changes before us and we didn't know where we should apply our attention to or we didn't know what to really do because everything was in a state of flux. And maybe for others, there's just one or two things that are in a state of transition. But with this Pisces full moon, we have an opportunity to further open to these transitions, to maybe heal any of the shadow qualities or shadow aspects that arose when we were faced with these pretty massive, intense changes. But also, we have an opportunity to see these shifts, these changes in a whole new light. You know, Pisces, again, at 13 degrees Pisces, this is... You know, think of you when you were a teenager. Anything was possible. You know, you knew you knew it all. You were ready to be independent. You were ready to really put yourself out there. You were bold, much, you know, in some cases, much more bold than we are as adults. You know, when we've had some time to sort of be a little, um, you know, a little bit subdued by the realities of life, that teenage sort of, early evolution energy especially in Pisces really allows our eyes to get you know get to get really wide and to marvel at not just the magic but the opportunity and to really shift from seeing the challenges and the transitions that we have encountered through all of August rather than seeing them as something happening to us this energy gives us an opportunity to see them as something happening for us. And now we get to dig into this beautiful, watery Pisces energy and we get to see, see what is available to us. We get to take a, a more enlightened, more compassionate viewpoint of these changes. We begin to also have the boldness to say, okay, now what do I want to fill this space with? You know, whatever left our lives in August, whatever changed for us, whatever transition we went through, okay, now that we have some space cleared, what do we want to fill that space with? And so the Pisces energy really gets that creative viewpoint going. It gets those creative juices going. And that is super vital for us to suddenly have this portal 
through which we can open and tap into this creative energy. It's vital not only to really buttoning up any of the changes or transitions that August brought to the fore, but just in terms of our optimal evolution and, and living is so incredibly vital. Because when we have unexpressed creative energy, we find that it ends up stagnating and then it begins to ferment until eventually it turns itself into a poison which pollutes our bodies, our minds, and our souls. So uh, whether you are somebody like me who used to profess to being the least creative human being ever, or you are somebody who maybe has dipped your toes into the creative waters every so often, this is really an opening as well for you to deepen your relationship with your muse, to deepen your relationship with your creativity. And remember that every time you put on an outfit in the morning, you are creating something, you are utilizing creativity. Every time you put pen to paper, every time that you sing a song, even if it's some silly little tune while you clean or sweep your floors, every single time that you take paint and put it to a wall or to a canvas, you are creating in so many more ways than we sometimes give ourselves credit for. So rather than doing as I used to do and, and create a narrative of how uncreative I am, which was total BS and completely not true, really begin to think about how you speak of your creativity. And again, finding the magical and the mundane. What ways do you create in your life that aren't maybe what normally we would consider creativity? You know, it's not just when we create a drawing or a massive mural or when we build something, you know, such as sculpting with our hands. Anytime that we create something different from what it was or out of, you know, taking idea and making it into something tangible or something that is in reality, it's moved from the idea to reality, that is a form of creation. That is utilizing creativity. And so this is a really, this Piscean full moon is an opportunity for us to open to that portal, to open into that energy and to really enjoy all that it has to offer. Additionally, with this transit, we have the moon, <coughs> excuse me, conjunct Neptune, which is really encouraging us to give room and have patience for all the many dreamy, creative, flighty ideas and tendencies that we have with this transit. Additionally, if you happen to find yourself more indecisive, really step into and receive the medicine of that indecision. Why are you feeling indecisive? You know, is it trying to highlight that maybe there's some work that needs to be done in terms of your confidence levels? Or do you need to gain more confidence by practicing something a bit more, by sprucing up your skill set a bit more? Indecision can be very frustrating, especially if we feel like we need to make a decision or if we need to choose a path. But sometimes the lack of certainty is the medicine because there's something for us there. There's something for us to peel back that onion and find the, the core to. Additionally, the moon is in conjunct Venus and that sort of brings this element of tension or even just a general sense of dissatisfaction in our relationships. 
you again when we look at challenges in August and I and I mentioned this just a little bit ago but even so with this moon in conjunct Venus it's important to remember that these challenges are not happening to you but they're happening for you so there's something in them you know there's there's some sort of gift that it needs to be received with any tensions or friction that you may experience in your relationship it can feel a little frustrating because you just want to have some level of peace after the rather tumultuous August uh, astro astrological climate. And we're getting there. We're definitely moving towards that, especially after this full moon. We have the very grounded, earthy, nurturing and supportive Virgo energy to tend to. But we have to sort of get through this sort of one little final push that is going to bring and continue to sort of button up things from August and the transits there and bring to the fore anything that we haven't yet dealt with. Now, the full moon is sextile Pluto, and this is where our shadow arises. You know, for some of us, that shadow has been activated and front and center since August. If you happen to listen to last month's podcast or read the blog on Mercury Retrograde that I had written over at laurabrown.co, then you already know that a lot of August was about shadow work. And so the full moon sextile Pluto is, is really bringing that together. It's the way for you to button up that shadow work that, that you had been encouraged to pay attention to from August because it's a way for us to sort of show what further needs relinquishing. What do we need to release further so that we can expand into the transformation that's before us? For many of us, and, and it can be very, um, very discombobulating, but for many of us, the, the person we are in this very moment right here today, <coughs> excuse me, is not the same person we were this time last month. There is so much that has taken place, that has expanded for us, that has opened up, that has ended, that has, you know, maybe for many of us, it felt like the rug being pulled out from under our feet. Um, but that all was to bring us to this moment, you know, including the shadow tendencies that came up, the shadow qualities or perceptions, those qualities about ourselves that we're not quite keen on. They came to the surface for a reason. And the medicine, especially with, with the sextile of Pluto, is to pay attention to what our shadow is still trying to tell us. And to know that it's trying to tell you something that is specific to your transformation. It is very much unique and personal to you and where you're transiting or where you're trans, um, transitioning to and from. So very much you want to dig into that, spend some time in meditation. This is a wonderful opportunity for any rituals that are clearing away, you know, that are that are cleaning your energy, clean the altar, clean your home, a little Florida wash, floor bath will be very good right now. You want to clear out the energy as much as possible and then do any rituals that further that cleansing, that, you know, call for divine guidance on the releasing of anything that maybe you've struggled to release. You know, a lot of the changes and transitions that August brought to us, they felt so large and so foundation, so foundational, excuse me, <clears throat> that for many of us, we didn't want to release it. We were like, oh, hold the phone. <laughs> that, that stays here. I want that. I don't want that to go. And yet, despite our grasping, despite our adamant, 
refusal to let go of some of this stuff, it is still on its way out. And so it's really about paying attention to rituals and any kind of meditation or support that you can provide yourself that further help you with opening to these endings, that further help you to releasing anything that has proven quite difficult for you to release. Now, moving into September's tarot scopes, and I want to apologize again, I have been dealing with a pretty nasty cough that took me down for a week and still likes to um, rear its head whenever I begin to, to, to talk for a prolonged period of time. But I am hoping that it doesn't serve as too much of a distraction because we've really got some great energy with these tarot scopes for September. And I'm going to begin a little bit backwards. I'm going to begin with Pisces <clears throat> to celebrate this full moon and all my Pisces brothers and sisters. I'm right there with you. And your card for this month is the Nine of Wands. And I love the Nine of Wands, even though it is sometimes a defensive posturing card um, and signifies this, this sort of feeling of needing to be on the defense. It's also a nine. You know, and if we look at the numbers of, you know, ace through through 10, each of that is an evolution from the very beginning with your aces to the very end or your completion with the tens. So the nines signify that we're almost there. You know, there's something in our life that we've been working towards. There's something that we've been applying effort towards, that we've been calling towards us, all those rituals and all that effort we've been putting in and work. We're almost there. And a lot of times what I find with the energy with this card is that feeling when we've put in the long days, we've put in the long nights, we've busted our ass, we've really tried to, you know, to do what we need to do to make something happen for ourselves. And then we're sitting there and it's like crickets. We hear crickets and we're like, okay, where is it? I, I've done my part. I've done my work. Where's where's my, my dessert? <laughs> And the nine of of wands reminds us of a few things. Number one, this is not the time to give up. Continue to guard what you've worked towards. Continue to stand your ground and to stand in your power. You work towards it for a reason. You're nearly there. Secondly, (coughs) excuse me. Secondly, I want all of us Pisces to pay attention to what it is that we've done so far. Sometimes when what we've worked towards is still blocked or hasn't arrived yet, it's because there's still something we need to do. There's still work somewhere that needs doing. There's still a little bit of elbow grease that we've got to apply. There's something that we perhaps skirted around and didn't quite do to our best ability, but there's something that may still need our attention. And so it's not about resting on our laurels and and abandoning Um, what it is we've worked towards, but rather it's about going back over and saying, okay, what can I do a little bit more of? Where can I go that extra mile? Where did I maybe cut a corner when I shouldn't have? Let's go back and take care of that because you, this energy is very, very close to completion. You're nearly there. We are almost to the finish line. Whatever it is that we've been looking for, that we've been working towards, we've been calling towards us, it is almost there. We just need to understand that sometimes our timing and divine timing are not always going to be in alignment. And that if there is some sort of block, if there is some sort of stagnation, well, let's go back over what we've done. You know, let's continue to defend our ground, to defend what we've worked towards, and let's look backwards. What do we need to do a little bit more of? Don't give up because you're almost there. 
All right, Aquarius, you guys have the Four of Wands. And again, another really great energy because it is all about stability. And I sometimes call it the homecoming card because it, it definitely is a sense of, of having that home base, having that security and stability underneath your feet. And what is the greatest symbol for them? You know, it's our home. You know, even when we go on vacation and we're excited to, to travel to new places and to have fun, even by the end of that vacation, most of us are like, oh, I just, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to sleep in my own bed. There is definitely a, a very real sense of security and stability and support that comes when we are in our home. So I see this a lot of times as a, home, a homecoming card. Now, what does homecoming mean? It, it can be quite different. It can be quite literal in the sense of, you know, you buying a new home, moving in with a partner. Um, it could be that you are sprucing up your existing home and really making it more your own and reflective of who you are. It can also mean building something in your life that gives you stability. What do you need to do in your life so that you feel that the ground beneath you can support everything you're trying to build upon it? You know, how, what do you need to do to the foundation of your life so that there's more security and stability and less of this sort of, you know, pendulum swinging from one extreme to the other. But ultimately, it is also thinking about the people in our lives. You know, not just our homes, but those relationships, those people that support and nurture us, that we feel supported by, that we feel good being with, who have supported us and helped us through the many stages of our life. This is an energy which calls you back to that, that calls you to either cultivate it, to show some appreciation, to really focus in on those key relationships, structures, and entities in your life that provide foundation, and then to strengthen it. Do whatever it is you need to do to strengthen those relationships, to give them more of your honor and reverence. Do things to the other structures in your life that bring you stability, that add to it, that strengthen that foundation so that it can continue to support the life you're building above it. <coughs> Capricorn, you all have the star card, and this is one of the two wish cards of the Tarot, and it is a, a wonderful energy that is filled with hope and possibility. It reminds me very much of that feeling that you get when you've kind of been beat up by life a little bit, you feel a bit discouraged, and then suddenly something falls into your lap or you, you come upon something that makes you feel suddenly this sense of, of hopefulness again. That life is, is not just about the challenges and tribulations, but that it also has great pockets of opportunity and promise. We just gotta sometimes find them. On the wish perspective, this is a, a reminder, or rather a, a big neon sign, I guess I should say, <clears throat> that something that you've been wishing for, something you've been wanting and working towards is about to arrive. You know, the wish is about to be granted. And, and sometimes that alone is a feeling that is utterly indescribable and, and incomparable. It is just one of those feelings of 
excitement that makes you feel like a kid again because you realize that wishes do come true. When you, when you really wish for something and you're willing to put your commitment and your dedication behind it, there's nothing that can stop it. There's nothing that can, that can hold you back when you truly embody that wish and you put forth the effort. And so it's a beautiful energy that tells you all to have hope, to never give up having hope, to never give up believing in your dreams, even if your dreams have to be modified a bit, even if we have to <coughs> change our course a little bit, that, that's all part of the ebb and flow of life. But the essence of what we dream for ourselves, the essence of what we desire, that is something we should never, ever give up hope for. It's always available to us. Okay, Sagittarius, you guys have the Four of Pentacles. Now, the Four of Pentacles has a light and shadow side that that I'm gonna I'm gonna tackle both because depending on how this plays out for you, one could be medicine over the other. <coughs> Excuse me again, but the Four of Pentacles on the light side is really about holding your power to you, holding your power, whether that's your energy, your emotion. Because it's the suit of pentacles, it can certainly be holding your, your cash, your money, what you've worked for closer to you. It is about savings. It's about making sure that you are guarding what it is that you have attained for yourself. It's about having boundaries and not letting people walk all over you, not letting people take advantage of you, and not feeling as though you have to constantly extend your energy out to others, but sometimes you need to preserve that energy to continue to flow in your own life, for your own projects, for your own aspirations. In the shadow side, the Four of Pentacles can sometimes bring tendencies towards miserliness, which is this sense of, of not preserving, but grasping everything you have. And I see this a lot of times when I'm doing readings for clients where they've gotten, um, they've gotten some sort of uh, dissatisfaction or discouragement um, or some sort of bad news. I see this a lot um, in my own readings when Perhaps a client is, is getting ready to, to complete their, their coaching with me and move on to the next great part of their lives. And I'm going, okay, well, now i got to fill this space with someone or I've got to open up to somebody who's ready to receive my medicine. Um, but there's that sense that sometimes where when we have to say goodbye to a stream of income or a stream of of nourishment or support in any of its other forms where suddenly what we do have we start to collect around us and we hold it super super tight and suddenly it goes from being conservative and cautious to being miserliness and, and even stingy with what it is that we have where we begin to have a very negative attitude about every dollar we have to lay out whether it's for bills or for groceries or for this unexpected cost <clears throat> and it can get quite ugly, the energy, because that only begets more experiences for which we need to be miserly, for which we need to very tightly hold everything that, we, um, that we've worked for and that we've attained close to us. And one of the greatest analogies that, that I've heard and that I often use when it comes to the shadow aspect of the Four of Pentacles 
<coughs> excuse me again, is is that sense of needing to to bear in mind the sometimes gentleness we need to handle our resources with. You know, if I were to go to the beach and take up a, a, a palm full of sand, if I were to do that and then hold it tight in my fist, I'm going to squeeze out most of that sand in my hand. I'll, I'll retain just the teeniest, tiniest little bit compared to what I had in it. Whereas if I were to cup and take a handful of sand and cup it quite gently and still with openness, I'm going to retain so much more. Yeah, there's going to be a little that might shake out and fall to the ground beneath me, but for the most part, I'm going to retain most of what I picked up because that hand is, is gently and supportively holding that sand. You know, it is, it's open. It's that sort of metaphor for we want to be cautious with our resources, but we want to also be open. We need to be open to the ebb and flow, especially when it comes to money, because ultimately the, the very essence of money is it comes in, it goes out. It comes in, it goes out. If we try to stop one or the other, then we stop the other. You know, so if I start, if I totally am like, I'm not paying my bills, I am going to hold on to every dollar that I have, then we stop the energy of it coming in. So one begets the other and we really need to have a sense of openness. So if you find the shadow aspects, if there's been some sort of hit to your wealth, to your support and, and resources, however that may look like for you, really try to resist and pay attention to and then resist that tendency to grasp and to hold it so tight that without even realizing it, you could actually be working against yourself and losing far more than you're actually retaining to you. <coughs> okay, Scorpio. Mm. The Empress is one of my favorite cards. I think I say that about every card though, so I'm kind of a, a tarot addict. I love them all. Um, but in this case, the Empress is a very, very beautiful card. I think it's also, I've got tons and tons of decks, and I have to say that it and the High Priestess, the Empress and the High Priestess, are sometimes two of the most beautifully crafted cards in the entire deck for all these decks. I don't know, just the energy of that card maybe makes me see them in a more beautiful way, but I definitely feel like they're just some of the most um gorgeous cards in, in every dark every deck and every iteration of the cards that they that the various decks have. But the energy itself is also very beautiful because it's nurturing, it's fertile, it's creating. And especially here in Virgo um, season, along with this Piscean full moon, it's such a beautiful energy to have right now because you have this capacity, Scorpio, for opening up to creating new life in your life. You know, for some of you, that could be quite literal. This may be the month that you get pregnant, that you expand your family. Others, it may be a different creativity. You may be creating something else in your life. There is that blending, however, of that creative energy with the stability and the groundedness of Virgo. So <laughs> it's a sign that whatever it is that you are creating or building, it, it can go the long haul. So you want to utilize this creative energy. You want to utilize this nurturing, very fertile energy and apply it with consciousness 
in a way that that you're gonna see lends so much more stability in your life than had you just had the Empress energy on its own. So it's that combination of the Empress energy with the Virgo full moon, the Pi or the, the sorry the Pisces full moon and the Virgo season energy of September. <coughs> Excuse me again that is really going to help you open things up and to create some stability in whatever it is you're creating in your life. And additionally, the Empress, I see this is a very abundant card. So if you've been going through some rough times, if you've encountered tensions with your finances, with your relationships, this really speaks to an opening again of flow, of abundant flow of whatever that may look like for you. Again, love, money, opportunity, etc. <clears throat> but it's a beautiful, beautiful energy that allows you to, to look at your life and say, okay, what do I want to build for myself? What do I want to create? What do I want to give life to? And the possibilities are endless, but I really encourage you to sit with those questions and to really feel into what you want to do. What, what, what do you want to create? And allow yourself to then take action on that because the Empress is supporting you. Virgo energy is supporting you. Today's Piscean full moon, which the energy is, is going to begin to taper off by the end of two weeks. But you have this beautiful two-week window where you can have additional creativity and additional elevated uh, perception and intuition that is going to lend even more support to what it is you want to create for yourself. All right, Libra, you have the Six of Cups, and this is an energy that I find can work in two, predominantly two different ways. One being that sense of celebrating where we've come from, celebrating the, the times of old, celebrating the path that brought us to this moment, and then celebrating this moment. There is this element of celebration and joviality and, and being able to appreciate our journey. And, and that is quite crucial and quite important. When we look at the numerical evolution, the fives in a lot of cases are, are some sort of conflict, you know, so, so whether it's the five of cups, you know, or the five of wands or what have you. But in this case specifically, since we're talking of the six of cups, the five of cups was, is all about struggle. It's about um, feeling depressed. It's about sadness. It's about having to say goodbye to something, having something end that we didn't want to, and feeling this sense of forelonging and sense of um, self-pity even sometimes because we are so inundated and so taken by the emotions that we're feeling from this. And so the six of cups is really about beginning to shift that perspective to see that, okay, you know what? Life has its bumps in the road, which in and of themselves have some sort of blessing to offer. But even with those bumps, I, you know, there's lots to celebrate about my life. Yes, XYZ might be over. My relationship might have ended or my job might have changed or ended or Maybe just something that I thought was working towards, you know, for me is no longer working. But I've got all of this other stuff over here for which to be thankful. And I can't discount that. That's the energy of Six of Cups on its lightest side. It's that sense of just appreciating the journey that we've taken to get to this moment. And when we do that, that gratitude mindset, being in that power of appreciation and acknowledgement of the many magical, stupendous blessings we have, again, opens that portal for flow. 
and opens us to the ability to consciously call forth and to draw towards us more experiences for which to be grateful for, to, to see as a blessing. So it's really about opening up to that celebration and that appreciation of all that our life has entailed thus far. <coughs> And a bit of a shadow side, the Six of Cups can sometimes be taken a little too far. So it can be this sort of very nostalgic reflection and seeing everything through this sort of rose-colored glasses of, well, wasn't it so much better then? Wasn't life so much easier way back then? And we get lost in this sort of mind trap where we've got so much distance between us and that time that we're not focusing on the things we knew were wrong then. Because undoubtedly, every year of our life has presented both its blessings and its challenges. And hindsight can sometimes be 2020, and sometimes it can be a numbing agent where we look back and we, we don't quite connect to the challenges we faced. And instead, we think, well, it was so much better then. And, and that's not necessarily the truth. And the problem with that line of thinking is that we say, okay, well, what was I doing then? And sometimes that can have medicine in it. You know, sometimes thinking about what we did before and trying to replicate it can produce something beneficial. So you want to try that on for size a little bit and see if that resonates with you. But it's a very slippery slope and it's something to be very careful with because if you're not, what you end up finding is that you are trying to replicate what worked in the past which may not work right now. It may not prove to be as beneficial today as it was then. And there's lots of reasons for that. But chief among them is that you are not the same person today that you were then. So while something in the past may have suited you and worked wonderfully for the person you were then, that may not necessarily be the medicine that is going to see you through whatever it is you're working towards or wanting with the person you are today. So just be mindful of that. Reflecting backwards is great. Celebrating where we've come from, awesome. Having the, the cognizance and pres presence of mind to evaluate what worked for you then and see if it may work for you now, even better. Getting caught in that to the point where you're trying to stubbornly do what worked then, even though it's not really working for you now, that's not so hot. So try to, try to avoid that at all costs. <clears throat> all right, Virgo, Page of Wands. Now, this is all about new events and new opportunities. There is an element of rebelliousness with this page. So it's that idea of something new coming to the fore, some sort of new opportunity, and the page just wants to run after it, especially with this being wands, which is a very passionate, very spontaneous, very driven energy. It's all about getting things done, but the page is sort of the infant of the court cards. You know, it, it's kind of the, I won't even want to say the infant, it, you know, it's a little bit of that pretty young, even maybe younger than teenage energy where, yeah, I've got this really great idea and I can't wait to execute it. In fact, I'm going to execute it right now, even though you may not be ready. 
So even a good idea, even new opportunities that are coming their way towards you, if you don't have the frame of mind to kind of evolve to maybe the queen of wands energy where you're, where you're embodying a bit of wisdom to that passion and to that drive and that creativity, you're going to potentially do yourself more harm than good because even great opportunities are not guaranteed if we execute them in a faulty manner. So this is about really paying attention to, okay, what, what is behind, what is coming forward? What ideas do I have percolating? What am I excited to do? And how can I have the clearest of intentions and confidence in going after them? You know, what do I need to do to gain more confidence? You know, sometimes it's just as simple as practicing more. When I first did my very, very first tarot reading, I was awful compared to how I am today, thousands of readings later, you know, 15 years later. You know, I've gained so much more experience, so much more wisdom and practice that gives me a higher level of confidence and thus a higher level of expansion within my skill set. And the same applies to anything else we do in life. These new opportunities, there may be this element of rebelliousness where you're just going to try to run into the sunset after it. Don't do that. <laughs> um, you really still want to put some clear intentions. You want to have a plan. You want to have some wisdom. But also there sometimes is that element of self-doubt where we wonder, am I ready for this? Can I do this? Am I good enough or worthy enough? Or you know, do I have the skill set needed for this? And so it's really about saying, okay, if I, if I have that self-doubt and I'm not certain, what can I do to increase my confidence? What can I do to feel more confident in taking this opportunity? Because even though I don't necessarily want you going balls to the wall after something with no plan, no forethought, no wisdom, I also don't want any of us turning away from an opportunity because we are riddled with self-doubt. We're not gonna be experts necessarily when we try something brand new or when we you know, expand or do more of something that maybe we've only done a few times here and there. So it's not about allowing our lack of experience to be translated as a lack of, of ability or a lack of skill. We may just need to cultivate a bit more of it, okay? <clears throat> Leo, the Three of Swords is an energy that speaks to feeling, uh, there's really no like soft, fuzzy way to put it. So it's about betrayal, it's about deception, it's about feeling stabbed in the back. Sometimes I see this card in my readings when there is a triangular relationship. So whether you are the third party or maybe you are being cheated on, ultimately the Three of Swords signifies in a lot of my readings that triangular relationship where you have three parties involved and somebody is being betrayed, somebody is being hurt. Even if you're the mistress, you're being, or you know, the you're the mister, if you will, you're being hurt by virtue of maybe not getting what you want in terms of a full relationship. So there's betrayal that goes, you know, very, very closely with the energy of this card in its many iterations. And even outside of the romantic realm, it could be a betrayal from somebody that is, you know, a friend or a family member. You know, you could also just feel the sense of, of being betrayed by the universe, being betrayed by life, being betrayed by, you know, the forces that, that be 
when something doesn't quite work out the way you want it to, despite your best intentions, despite your best efforts. And again, we go back to the sort of theme, you know, of, of the month, which is that challenges are not happening to us. They are happening for us. So whatever this may pertain to, and it's going to feel awful. It's going to hurt. It's, there's pain involved with this card. But the message of this is, okay, what do I need to do to release these swords? What do I need to do to free myself from this energy? What is it in this betrayal, this sadness, this deception that I have to learn? Because this is occurring to, you know, in my life for a reason. And it doesn't mean that you called it on yourself or, you know, this is not about shaming you in any way, shape or form. But this is about understanding that if something has occurred in our life, there is something for us to learn from it. So paying attention to that, placing an emphasis on forgiveness, including forgiving yourself, because sometimes we put ourselves in positions where we're hurt. We trust the wrong people. We trust them too many times and we get burned. But sometimes that forgiveness is going to need to also be extended outward as well. And understanding that, you know, you can sit there with, with pain in your heart and, and hatred in your, in your bones, but ultimately that isn't going to, to make them feel worse. It's going to make you feel worse. So the energy is really an encouragement to do what you need to to remove those swords. And if that means also reinforcing your boundaries, working harder at, at your discernibility so that you maybe can do a little bit better of a job so that you're not back in this position. And again, it's not about saying that you caused it, though sometimes we do that as well. But it is about understanding that ultimately the more diligent we are in protecting our power, protecting our space, our boundaries, the more we can bring in the right people who are going to respect and love and care for us and, and weed out those who aren't. <clears throat> so it's about having that diligence and thinking about, okay, where, where was I strong? Where was I maybe not as strong? And where can I be stronger? And where can I really focus on, on protecting myself a little bit better? And protection doesn't have to mean closed off. This isn't about, you know, closing down. This is about maybe just having a gate, you know, the gate that's around yourself that you can open when you choose. You know, you can swing that gate open when you want and slam it shut when you, when you need to. But it is about making sure that you have that in place so that you're not just sort of, you know, open season for whomever may want to come forward and, and benefit from what it is that you have to offer and all that you have to offer. Cancer, you guys have the temperance card. And this is a very, it's a moderate card. It's a very balanced card. It's about blending. It's about finding a middle road. In a lot of cases, it can be a sign that this is not the month to indulge in tons of food or alcohol or drugs. It is not a month to indulge to an extreme in anything, whether that's even the positives of life. It's really about finding a way of, of taking a more moderate approach and finding a middle ground. And a lot of times, especially after the tumultuous August energy, and I say tumultuous, and, and I mean that in both a positive and sometimes negative sense, you know, it, it contains the seeds of both. <clears throat> but sometimes <clears throat> there is a need after the roller coaster that is that tumultuous energy for us to 
just take it a little bit easier, to take a more moderate approach, to really focus in on, on doing a little bit of nurturing as much as you would a little bit of active participation. You know, as much as you're putting yourself out there, make sure you're going inward too. So it's not about going to extreme in the positives or the negative, but it's really about finding as much of a moderate middle of the road approach that gives you the best of both worlds so you can recuperate, revitalize, and really fill up those energy banks and, and replenish the energy within so that when the pace of life calls for more aggressive action, when the pace of life quickens, you are ready. Okay, Gemini, the seven of swords. Now, this is an energy that is encouraging you, and I'm, well, I'm gonna say, we're gonna go with one iteration and go with the next. It's encouraging you to not try to get away with anything this month. <laughs> and what this energy is about is, a lot of times the, the card artistry shows in the background, you know, the sort of battle-worn individuals with various swords lying around. And then you have this figure who has five swords, and you can see two are left behind with the battle-worn, you know, individuals in the picture. This other person carting away five swords and moving in this very, you know, furtively, you know, manner that kind of hints that they're trying to get away with something and trying to sneak away and, and not be noticed. <clears throat> and sometimes we have to do that in life, you know? Sometimes we, we, we have to resort to tactics that are a little, um, you know, I don't wanna say deceptive, because I think that there's always a way to do things as honestly as possible, but sometimes we, we do have to ride the line between, okay, I'm going to try to get away with this. You know, I don't want to go to my mom's for dinner, so I'm going to say that, you know, I've got something to do and hope that she doesn't drive by and see that maybe I've got a friend over or something. You know, it doesn't have to be necessarily this massive thing, but we all find ourselves in life sometimes trying to get away with something. And the Seven of Swords reminds us that, you know, sometimes in life we have to do that. And sometimes in life that comes back and bites us on the ass. It really, it puts us in a position where potentially our integrity is called into question and people aren't, aren't as willing to trust us. So it, it is about being quite, quite selective when we use that quality of trying to get away with something that we don't necessarily want other people to know so that we aren't in a position where it ends up costing us more than what we think we're going to gain by being deceptive. And even if it's a tiny deceptive, it's deceptiveness, it's still deceptive, right? So it's really about making sure that we are acting with the greatest of integrity and honesty in, in as much as we can. And I know that we are humans and we are imperfect and, and, and this is not about aspiring for perfection. Um, but it is about making sure that we understand that ultimately there's nothing easier about being deceptive. If anything, it can be more, more difficult and, and, and exponentially harder to maintain than just being honest, even if that honesty to start with may be a bit uncomfortable or may have some sort of backlash um, that comes from our honesty. But ultimately, it, it, it 
it gives us a greater sense of character. It gives people a greater um, sense of being able to trust us. And, and just in general, we feel better about ourselves because we're more trustworthy and we feel more um, in line with our integrity and, and, and that we've acted with integrity. Taurians, the Ten of Pentacles is all about stability, foundation, uh, family, inheritance, our ancestors, where we've come from, what we're building for those to come yet. It's very... Um, a very positive card, especially if there's anything we're trying to launch. And now, Taurians, you guys are all about security, stability, especially when it comes to financial matters um, to begin with. So this is a very comfortable energy for you. It's an energy that allows you to add greater stability to the foundation of your life. It's an energy that gives you ample room for securing that foundation for looking back and seeing perhaps what your ancestors did what your your mother and father did how they built their their foundation what can you learn from you know sometimes we learn what we should do and sometimes we're learning what we shouldn't do but there's a lot that we can extrapolate from our ancestors as you know near and far <coughs> that will help us do something in the here and now that will help the stability of our life again whether it's what we should do or what we shouldn't do in the here and now a lot of times too if we're getting ready to launch something into the world if we're going to start a new job if we've been vying for a promotion the ten of pentacles really and lends us a very powerful energy to make that a reality you know it's a signifying doors opening before us that add to our wealth that add to our security and our stability it could be signs of uh, a promotion. It could be signs of even getting married. I see this card a lot in, in instances where uh, a client is getting married or will be getting married or engaged because it's that element of, of you know combining with others, whether it's your ancestors or combining with a partner where you are, you are coming together to, to build something stronger, to build a foundation. And ultimately, it is about being able to do that as strongly as we can in the here and now so that we leave something behind for the generations to come after us. So it is very much about, there is a very deep tie to ancestral energy with this card and to that idea of understanding that we we're a cog in a machine when it comes to our soul family, when it comes to our our ancestors. You know, we have we have benefited and learned from those who came before us, and we will serve as a benefit and, and a guide for those who come after us. And so doing what we can to, to embody that and to be the best example not only benefits us in the here and now, but it also benefits those generations to come. And finally, Aries, the Ace of Pentacles is fresh, new, inviting energy. I love it. It's that energy that says it's time. It is time to do something new. And again, related to Pentacles, this could very much be a new job, a new income stream, a new revenue stream, some sort of new collaboration for where it comes, um, where you make money, where your money comes from. It could be you know, also new opportunities. Maybe you're moving home. Maybe you're moving to a new state or new location. 
But ultimately, anything that is earth element related that pertains to your foundation, that pertains to the um, the sources of security and s support in your life, are being sort of injected with this fresh new opportunity opportunity um, type energy, opportunistic energy. So it's this opportunity for you to to begin something, you know. And so if you aren't seeing it readily, and sometimes we don't, sometimes they're sort of waiting for us. To like that person playing hard to get they're waiting for us in the corner to approach them but it is sometimes about paying attention and saying okay what do I feel is the right thing because again this is this month is more about what I feel rather than what I think <laughs> at least for the next two weeks but this energy opens things up for us to say, okay, what do I feel I need to do in my life? What do I feel I need to begin? Where do I need to start anew? And this energy helps you get that ball rolling. It doesn't guarantee success. I want to state that first and foremost. The ACE is the very beginning of the journey. So you have no promise of success. This is about laying the foundation. This is what I want. Now, what do I need to get to that place? What do I need to build that? And then going about doing that. And so long as we do with caution, with forethought, with a well put together plan, the more prepared and the more capable our plan is of succeeding. That being said, I want to wish you all a very wonderful September. I will be back later in the month with additional podcasts. I've got a really great series that I'm working on with my good friend Lisa Moran that I think everybody is going to love. But in the interim, I want to wish you a very, very wonderful full moon. Get those altars ready, clear that space out, invigorate your life, and really button up anything that may still be residual from Mercury retrograde, from those eclipses that occurred in August. Really button things up, pay attention to that sacred self-care so that you are ready for the Virgo energy, that grounded earthiness that is going to help us with really creating and crafting and building the solid foundations, especially as we go into the cooler months where life is going to slow and we're going to have a whole lot of integration taking place. So I will talk to you all soon. Have a great rest of your day, a rest of your week, and a rest of your month. Mwah. Thank you for joining us on Witch Wisdom Podcast. You can listen to all archived episodes and book your personal intuitive tarot reading at laurabrown.co. Until next time.